0: Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host Rob and joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. Good day. Ahoy, ahoy! <laughs> and it's Wednesday. It's heart of the ocean. heart of the ocean today is Andrew Hawthorne, who joins us from Monster Squad Minute. Hi, guys. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. For man, I haven't seen this.
1: this movie in a in a long time. I I think it's been eighty four years, but <laughs> I can oh.
0: still still smell it.
1: Oh man, I can still smell the 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 popcorn. And uh, and the waiting in line and the hoping other movies came out because uh, we had a very small theater at the time in, in my hometown and, and this was the only movie playing for like a year.
0: Jeez. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh man. Uh so today we're gonna talk about minute ninety three. Uh in this minute, uh Jack and Rose run through the boiler room. Uh, and we actually, Andrew, you're lucky, we're going to talk about two deleted scenes that happened during this Ooh. minute. Um, we we start out with Jack and Rose are sort of catching their breath here. Yeah. After after they're, 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 you know, they just, they saw each other, Jack saw Rose naked, and now they're running through the hallways. And uh, His heart Jack, rate has been elevated for a while. <laughs> that's right. So then they're catching their breath, and... and Uh, Jack mentions how Lovejoy is pretty tough for a valet and more like a cop, and then Rose says I think he was. Now, there's a deleted scene, and I know, Duff, you have a little bit about what's in the script, I think there's a slight change, Um, but in a deleted scene, Rose mentions that Cal's father hired Lovejoy to keep Cal out of trouble to make sure he always got back to the hotel with his wallet and watch. Fail, Uh,
2: son. Yes,
3: and (laughs) This is where I knew it would uh, settle some debate uh, because we've talked about Cal's background and how he made his money, and I think this pretty conclusively answers that Cal is a grade A fail son, meaning wow, meaning he is just a privileged white guy, a
2: blithering oaf,
3: <laughs> who, despite his best intentions, succeeds. <laughs> that everything I- he does is probably wrong and dumb.
1: I assumed that he was rich because of his cave of jewels in the jungle that he lives in. Oh. <laughs>
0: is that a phantom reference?
1: That is a phantom reference, yes. <laughs> That's how he got nice the Heart so of the dumb. Ocean. Yeah, yes. there you go.
0: Now, Duff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe in the script, Rose goes into a little more detail on on Spicer, am I wrong?
3: So this is the shooting script. Or no, it's the, the script that was submitted two studios so you have rose saying he's next pinkerton cal's father Mm. hired him to keep cal out of trouble to make sure he always got back to the hotel with his wallet and watch after some crawl through the less reputable parts of town and then jack says kind of like we're doing now Uh uh-oh and then they run
0: actually they kiss for a little bit or they're like about to and then they run in the in the deleted scene
3: uh they Um. they're really not (laughs) they're slamming doors they're stopping to talk they're
1: they're really yeah. not concerned. They're stopping at all. to exposit. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: So I, I, Joe, you're maybe Andrew, you know more. Do you guys know much about Pinkertons? Yeah, human
2: scum, scum. <laughs> They're not I, I, well
1: remembered. Yeah.
3: Very generally, but I'm sure I'll learn more.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they were they were basically a a, a company of private eyes, and you could hire them for stuff. And I think the, there's a Pinkerton is actually the hero of one of the Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm books uh, the valley of fear one of the fabled sherlock holmes books with not a lot of sherlock holmes in um and uh and and at that point when that was being written they were kind of well regarded as these these kind of detectives for hire um proto gumshoes. but they they really went out of favor fast because you know they were for hire and the people with the money were usually you know oil millionaires or billionaires i guess there weren't a lot of billionaires back then but sure (laughs) But but companies and and what companies really wanted to hire people to do back then was stop the union movement, and so uh, the Pinkertons basically just became union busters that were trying to oppress people of Jack's class, and uh, and rough them up. So if if this guy, what's his name, Spicer, Spicer, Spicer Lovejoy. Lovejoy, Spicer Lovejoy, that is a ten dollar name. If, if this guy. <laughs> this guy working for a millionaire and trying to rough up some uh, some street toughs and and some some of the lower class irish that that that's basically your pinkerton right there that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah you could also go to adamandeve.com and buy a spicer lovejoy for your own self oh, oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> go ahead joe so cal's family is in steel <laughs> and probably the most famous example of their strike busting is the homestead strike where carnegie and frick called them in And I don't remember, I don't know exactly how many people the Pinkertons killed, but it was at least 10, uh, probably more. So the Pinkertons are essentially... They're a private army for rich industrialists to keep their workers from unionizing or to bust up strikes. They're
3: essentially mercenaries, aren't they? Yeah. Just kind of unconscionable, you know, whoever pays me, that's who I'm loyal to. So it's
2: reasonable to presume then that Spicer Lovejoy was one of the Pinkertons who busted up the Homestead strike. And that's how Cal's dad found out about him. Ooh. Oh, okay. But presumably, we, you know, he works in the same industry in the same Steel, area. Yeah. Yikes! Oh. So uh, it makes <laughs> sense. Spicer's bad now and deserves to die. <laughs> so you're saying he's <laughs> no he's
3: longer a- Joe's favorite character. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, he's also played <laughs> by it- David Warner, so you, you know he's it's he's kind of bad. David Warner, of course, most famously known for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Secret of the Ooze. Oh, I always that's think right. Of he's the
3: scientist, isn't he?
1: Yeah, that's his. That's one of he. That's you know. A lot of people take a heel turn. That's his. His not heel turn. Usually he's just the bad guy. Yeah, he was in Gargoyles. Yeah. Uh, yep. I don't know. You, you guys probably talked uh, about this. Tron. He was, Tron. He, was, Tron. he was, yep. was the original Freddy Krueger. He was cast as Freddy Krueger before. Oh, I didn't uh, know Robert that. was. I
3: yeah. I didn't know that. That's one of the horror franchises I don't know as much about. But, yeah,
1: he was doing makeup tests and everything, but he couldn't do it because of scheduling. And and huh. this same year that Titanic came out, he was in Scream Two, surprisingly not being a villain. <laughs> Who was he in Scream Two? He was like a, a director of a play that Nev Campbell is in. He just kind of shows up and gives her Yoda like advice and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> He's Amazing. like, "I'm British, so I know what's going on with these killers."
0: It's like that, that Gravitas. It's kind of amazing he hasn't been in any Star Wars movies. He'd be like a good nope. like, Imperial officer, right? He's too Star trek He was in Star Trek V
1: as a bumbling human. He was in Star Trek VI as a Klingon. And then he was in Star Trek The Next Generation as a Cardassian that gets to torture Captain Picard. Oh, wow. He's the oh, Four
2: Lights guy. Okay. okay. Uh, so, Andrew, how long have you been running his fan page? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean,
1: Warner Brothers? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's funny nice
0: um <laughs> so so uh Jack and Rose we find out that we know that Spicer of Lovejoy is a real jerk and then uh we- Jack and Rose run into an engine room and was then they is that desc- reference there it, it was yeah <laughs> you know he sounds like a real jerk a real jerk He's so they jerk. descend <laughs> down some stairs um So then they go into Boiler Room Six, and then this guy in the Boiler Room, uh, Frederick Barrett, who's a real a real person, tells them they shouldn't be there, and you know it's dangerous, which makes sense. But then he tells them to run, which seems strange, doesn't it? (laughs) Go for a jog, why don't you? Yeah, right. To be like, this is super dangerous. Run! You got to get out of here. Run through this Boiler Room. Don't take your time. Oh man, this.
1: (laughs) This is giving me anxiety too because he's not kidding. He's like, it could be dangerous. And then it cuts to like Rose's flowy dress in slow motion. Every time I see this scene, I think she's about to pull in Isadora Duncan. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, she's getting sucked into the boilers.
0: It's, it's, That's uh. That's
3: one of, one of the shop 101 safety tips is don't wear loose clothing.
0: <laughs> right? In the boiler room. Yeah, no, ba- she's got another Freddy Krueger reference.
3: She's going to just get <laughs> an ember's going to touch her long flowing dress and just go up like timber.
0: Yeah, that's it for Rose. Uh, so it turns out this boiler room, well, how they shot this is it was actually only had like two or three boilers that they had. So they used uh, mirrors to make it ah. look like it went infinitely long.
1: God damn it, James Cameron. Why don't you God that's
3: that's really ingenious. And you I know. know you know that like if uh, this were Warner Brothers doing a DC movie, they'd spend like a hundred million dollars to make CGI boilers. Well
1: I don't know sure. if they'd do that in ninety seven, but it would definitely be less cool and clever than that for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, it,
1: man. You know, I every time another thing that happens every time I watch this movie or anything by James Cameron from this movie or beyond, I, I just get so angry that all he's gonna do now is Avatar movies forever. <laughs> like, look, man, you could do this. You could do this.
3: Yeah. He is very optimistic about the longevity of the human race because he has movies lined up for ten, fifteen years now. Yeah, well.
1: It's 10. Yeah. I mean, you don't know it, but we're gonna be
0: so into Avatar in ten years. I, I, you know what? Like we tease Avatar all the time, but you say that, and I kind of don't think you're joking. He's, I, well, J- James Cameron's a good bet. He's a good bet.
3: Uh, what if it's and what if Avatar is kind of one of those franchises like, for lack of a better one, we can all agree on, like Fast and Furious, where they get like better or more enjoyable and actually bigger as they go along.
0: Yeah, or like Mission Impossible, okay. or like something like that, where it just keeps yeah. staying around and being enjoyable.
1: I'm kind of hoping it's going to be like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where they just start crossing over with other James Cameron films, so, you yeah, know. well, does shows up, that would rule. Yeah. Yeah. Do,
3: doesn't he have, do, didn't he say he's going to do another Terminator trilogy?
0: I think he's producing it, is he? Yeah, some Sarah know. Connor story, right? Or But,
3: I mean, just beyond his Avatar world, he's like, oh yeah, I'll be involved in another Terminator trilogy. Like, what? What? Do you Where's have, Titanic
1: uh, Two, sir? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Is he one of those rich people who had, who like cloned himself so he has spare organs? Like he's he's probably pushing seventy, isn't he? he maybe that's
0: why he hasn't gotten divorced in a while because he just keeps getting new clones of wives. Well, he, I mean, he
1: only gets divorced when he casts a woman in a movie, and he's only made one movie in the last while. So oh, that's oh. true.
3: Sorry, he's 63, so he's not not close to 70. But still, he's yeah.
1: getting up there. He's got a few more avatars in him. Yep. <laughs> um, You uh, said this was Boiler Room 6, right? Yes. Yeah, so this is it, it, I think it's the foremost Boiler Room. Is that correct? I i was poring
0: over Titanic cross-sections before we came uh, in here. I think you're right. I was looking at him earlier for like uh, what floors and stuff were on each deck. But yeah. Well, it's
1: it's interesting because, so if if, if I'm correct, which I, I really am, um, <laughs> they're, they're in the boiler room that's right under the, the foremost funnel, the foremost smokestack, and they're also right under first class. So they, they went straight down um, from where Billy Zane is, so uh, when he's, like, checking his watch and he's looking around waiting for them, they're, like, right below him.
0: That's uh, a...
2: You are correct.
1: ...in this, this scene, right? And they're also right below the four, the four funnel, which is the first funnel to, to crash later on in, in the film. Is uh, that the one that I,
2: I, crushes Fabrizio?
1: Oh, no, Fabrizio. I don't remember which one crushes <laughs> Fabrizio. Um,
2: the fun thing is if they keep going forward, they can get into the, where the mail is stored and start looking through people's mail. <laughs> <laughs> Where's fun. the
1: checks?
0: <laughs> uh it's a good segue Andrew, to the deleted scene that happens in this minute as well. The boiler room sequence is a little longer and then we cut back to the smoking room and it's sort of a, a contrast between, you know, how insane and how hard people are working right now in the boiler room to directly above them where it's just like the smoking room and Archibald is saying Archibald Gracie is saying that he has 80 he has 50 that we make it to New York by Tuesday night. And uh, Cal is like checking his watch and they're just, you know, it's very quiet. Um, and then we come back here. and in the deleted scene, uh, Jack and Rose sort of find a quiet spot or quiet area in the mm-hmm. boiler area, and they just start kissing. But I would say making out, like it's like a full-on,
3: what, rounding first base towards second.
0: Yeah, it's like a full-on make out session in the in the boiler room. Oh, yeah. Uh, Things get steamy. Yeah, it's pretty passionate, a steam. Literally, because there's a a lot of sweat (laughs)
3: in the next few minutes.
0: Yes, a lot of it.
1: Um, Yeah, it's true. You know, there's a lot of steam going on in here. Like, their skin is going to look great after this. Yeah. It's going to be something. But I I was thinking this whole time, like, they're probably pretty hot at this point. So they better not go into any really cold, confined spaces with glass
0: windows. They are going to fog that up. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure they won't do that. Oh, good. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, and then we also, uh, we have Jack running through, uh, and he does this thing that all I can think of is our former heart of the ocean, Neil Brown, um, because this is the sort of thing that he hates Jack for, but Jack is running through and he's like, carry on, don't mind us, you're doing a great job, keep up the good work. Yeah, he should get hit by a shovel. Right? That's, like, the thing that Neil Brown just hated, hated that, like, Jack's sort of the, like, hey, let me just, uh... Let me just, you know, throw out these compliments but not actually care. Jack's
3: a class traitor because he should be down there with him.
1: Mm.
0: That's true. I bet that's what they're thinking, too. Yeah, it's interesting, though, you know,
1: the uh, the the scene you were talking about with, with Billy Zane, who I, I never remember his character name in any movie he's in. I only yeah, always <laughs> refer to him Billy as Billy Zane. Zane. The Phantom. Um, yeah, upstairs. <laughs> like, that is exactly what the people of the day would be doing, right? After dinner, the men go to the smoking room and discuss business, and the women go, you know, into the sitting room and sew or talk or something like that, and they go away. Whereas we're contrasting that with Jack with Rose. Like, Jack wants to be with Rose. Yeah. Even, no matter what he's doing. If he's doing his own boy things, if he's going down to the to the Irish dance club that's down there now. Like, he wants to be with Rose this whole time. So it's kind of also setting us up as as feeling that jack is more of our time and he's more a a, a modern person than billy zane's character is who's stuck in this past and he's really angry and stuff like that i don't know if there would have been characters like that at the time but we immediately relate more
0: to jack for sure yeah i mean uh we we've discussed a little bit how like well i've discussed a little bit how like is some of cal's Reprehensible actions, defensible because it's just a man stuck in a in an era, and everything's you know everything's changing so much that he's just not prepared for it. Um, poor old Billy Zane, <laughs> poor old Phantom. Mm. Uh, and we do we do this this uh, this c- boiler scene ends with this kind of a, I think a pretty cool slow motion shot of him running through the steam.
2: It would be it's very nineties
0: it would
3: be much more laughable if it weren't so beautifully seen or shot. <laughs>
1: That's it, man. Word. But yeah. like, they can pull this off, yeah. It,
3: it's, yeah, it's like, because it's not even a particularly romantic moment. It's like, it's hot and sweaty. There's beefy guys yelling at them.
1: And they're filthy. And yeah. they're full of black <laughs> lung. Yeah. <laughs>
3: just dead and, canaries in there. And just all of a sudden there's this, Beautiful, like, long car y esque <laughs> slow yeah. shot, and it looks right now, <laughs> and it looks amazing, even if it's kind of weird and out
0: of context. And, and I think that that shot makes more sense with the deleted scene where they like go in, and like you know,
1: and it's not and slowed down in the deleted scene, really. Like, I, I, I even after watching the deleted scene and going back to the minute. I wondered if they had had to slow it down to hit a time mark or something like that. I'm like, oh nuts! We cut out this kiss. Now we've got to fill some time. Slow down that shot.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It doesn't slow down in the deleted scene. Um, and then this minute ends uh, in the cargo hold, and it uh they walk in this cargo hold. It looks like they're about ready to find the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, <laughs> Heck yeah. Rose looks cold here too. She's well, like rubbing I mean, her shoulders maybe she's trying yeah, to yeah it's
3: hands probably here. very cold in the cargo hold and was yeah. just like a hundred
1: degrees in the
0: boiler room it's, it's not it's good like going from the hot tub to jumping in the pool right yeah you got to go back in that hot tub now which i think is really bad for your heart listeners you shouldn't do that <laughs> <But> <laughs> um uh before we sort of get into andrew your your titanic story uh do either of you guys have anything else on this actual minute
3: I just have a general film question in general, or I said general twice, but so the guy who yells at them, it's gotten to the point where I cannot tell what is an authentic and comical Cockney (laughs) accent.
1: I mean, (laughs) the Uh, authentic ones are comical.
3: I mean, yeah, people always talk about how famously Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins is like the worst accent. And I, is this a good accent? I cannot tell. Like to me, like all Cockney accents sound the same.
0: <laughs> I I'm not well traveled enough to answer that question.
1: You you've never been to Cock? No. You've never. You've, you've never hung out with
3: chimney sweeps.
1: <laughs> well, these guys do look kind of like chimney sweeps. Hey, do you think that's a reference? <laughs> are they see- are
3: they part of the like the weird?
1: uh fraternity
3: the step in time number in mary poppins when all the chimneys
1: as soon as jack and rose are out of this room those guys are like all right um like is there
3: is there like a bat signal it's like
1: oh bat needs us
3: and they go (laughs) (laughs) the bird signal yeah the bird signal yeah i i guess my point is i i cannot tell if a cockney accent is good or not or authentic or not anymore because it all it all sounds like dick van dyke to
1: me now <laughs> Yeah, we, we've all been ruined by cinema yeah sorry the british
0: <laughs> <laughs> um andrew we always ask every uh, every heart of the ocean this what is you sort of mentioned at the beginning about growing up in a small town and this being on the at the theater for weeks yeah. and weeks on end what is your titanic story what is your I, experience with this movie
1: Oh, man, get ready, man, because I've got okay. some deep Titanic uh, history here. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm in St. John's, Newfoundland. It's not really a small town, but at the time, uh, we had uh, a theater that had, I think, only six screens, and, and two of them were Titanic for about a year. Wow. Um, and, uh, and what is notable about this town is we're also neighbors to the Titanic. It's only, it's only about 300 nautical miles uh, off our coast here, off okay. what they call the Grand Banks of Newfoundland. And so this is where um, they launched all the all, all of the searches for the Titanic from. And still like like a lot of the big tours to the Titanic that rich people can do. It's like twenty thousand bucks, you go down on a sub launch from our, our harbor down here. Wow. But anyway, I, I was absolutely obsessed with the Titanic as a kid. Um, around grade four, my my Gramps, who was in the Navy, always used to tell me these great sea adventure stories. He bought me a book on the Titanic. And, and I, I didn't realize it was a ship. I thought it was something totally different. And then he got me this book. And, and I just became completely consumed by it in, in grade three or four. I was the only kid who knew anything about this. And Robert Ballard, who discovered it, he was completely my hero. And I wanted to go exploring on the Alvin. I eventually ended up seeing him speak about oceanic archaeology at the Peabody Museum in New Haven in Connecticut a while ago. And embarrassingly, and this isn't the most embarrassing thing I'm going to say today... <laughs> <laughs> I have written two songs about Robert Ballard. Wow! So over my lifetime, not are real, they ballads. I was gonna say, is it, one <laughs> of them oh, called
3: man. "The Ballad of
1: Robert Ballard"? <laughs> I mean, it is now. I think uh, I'm, third song. I'm gonna have to go back and rewrite that. Um, <laughs> but but here here is the, the the most embarrassing thing I'm gonna say today, and and possibly the most embarrassing aspect of my entire life, is that when I was in grade four, uh, at some point, uh. I was up all night just bawling about the Titanic. And this was before (laughs) the movie. It was long before there was a romantic or or narrative reason for me to be bawling about this. Except for that it was a massive tragedy. But what I was actually bawling about was... I had decided that all I wanted to do in my life, my life's purpose... Was to rebuild the Titanic. (laughs) That I was going to dedicate my life to building... A, a complete, exact replica, only safe, obviously, yes. of the Titanic. And that I had realized this about myself and immediately realized one other thing about myself, which is that I was in grade four and that as soon as I woke up in the morning, I was not going to care about this at all.
2: <laughs>
1: and, wow. and somehow the transience of my... Uh, uh, my desires and the things that I valued crushed me, and I was up all night, wanting nothing more than to rebuild the Titanic. And knowing that future me was going to stymie this in my life's ambition to build the Titanic.
0: That is an and existential crisis you had. in It was grade. an excess of of grade four
1: proportions. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so spoilers. Like
3: this is a very Bergman esque dilemma
1: for a fourth grader. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I never did build the Titanic. If you're wondering.
2: I, uh, oh, okay. I didn't get that from there. That was there is someone yet. who's building yet.
3: a. Isn't someone there? Is yeah,
2: yeah. abandoned? Built- I think though. What? Titanic two.
1: They stopped.
2: <laughs> I thought it gets sketchy in the news reports, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, because they're, they're
1: building it in China, so it's difficult yeah. to to figure out exactly. And I don't think it's really going to leave there very much, but uh, but, you know, but no,
2: I'm a deranged billionaire, and then you can I, do I it.
3: won't get too much into it. But uh, the top Google result is. To titanic 2 entirely sinkable idea to set sail in 2018
0: oh so. hey Uh-oh. but That's this weird?
3: article is from 2016 so maybe oh, maybe man, it's gone uh and yes joe it was an australian billionaire but not australian. richard not was richard he,
1: branson was he not also the australian billionaire that wanted to build jurassic park
3: I hope um, so. <laughs> I mean, we all want to build Jurassic Park. Like, do, wait,
1: no, we don't. Did we see Jurassic Park? I'm before just saying. We this? We, I'm we just saying. Better. Yeah.
3: yeah just if
0: pay your IT staff.
3: If there was, yeah, true, have true. have more than one guy on IT. I okay. mean, if there was, if there is a Wikipedia
1: entry for the list of people who want to do stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gave me this book in grade four. Nobody cared. Uh, I, I think. It was just after uh, it was discovered and stuff, and, and people were like, oh, that's nice. And then the movie came out, and and suddenly we had Titanic museums and things like that. But up until then, I had just been kind of beachcombing, hoping that some debris would wash up.
3: <laughs> so did that's you amazing. set up like a roadside stand to for the tourists and start just selling junk you found at your home and saying <laughs> that it was official Titanic merchandise I,
1: I did actually I found a, a a pipe a corroded pipe at one point on the beach and and I tried to pass this off at, at, to a professor at our university as a piece of the Titanic <laughs> <laughs> what did he say uh, he didn't say a lot
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like when former heart of the ocean Rob's dad saw his earring yes <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, um, you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, uh, one of your other podcasts before. Can you, uh, let our listeners know where they can hear more from you?
1: Yeah. If you head over to no time for you can find a hundred back episodes of, uh, no time for heroics. We take apart, uh, superhero movies, figure out what works and what doesn't You can also find me over at monster squad minute. Speaking of the real monsters, there we go. Um, and, uh, and where we take apart the movie The Monster Squad. Ha- have you guys seen The Monster Squad? We were talking earlier. I really to want earlier. to. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rob
2: was telling me, you know, what you, what you were uh, working on. Oh, my God. And I, n- I n- somehow never heard of this movie, and it sounds fantastic.
0: Shane you Black mean, yeah. wrote it, I saw.
1: Shane Black wrote it. Yeah, the same Black and Decker uh, wrote it. Fred Decker um, it directed it. And they're that same team is doing the new Predator reboot that's supposed to come out next summer. I'm really excited yeah, about oh, that. yeah, me
2: too. Yeah, I'm really
1: excited. But yeah, like it's it, it kind of went under the radar, but it's it's an '80s special effects fest of the Universal monsters versus a team of plucky kids. It's it's an amazing movie that everybody should see. And most of the reason we're doing this uh, podcast, aside from just talking about Monster Squad all the time, is to convince people to see it except for that the guests we keep inviting on nobody's seen it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that'll we'll have know. to watch it we'll have to go watch, watch it. monster yeah. squad it's great trust me it's titanic great <laughs> oh wow
0: well uh andrew thanks a lot for uh for coming on our
1: show Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I assume since you've been uh, calling me a heart of the sea this whole time, you are now to throw me into the deep. Yes. So uh,
0: we throw you into the back ocean. Back from which
1: you came. Yep. Yes. <laughs> into the, down to Davy Jones' locker. Oh, well.
0: Well, it's been nice knowing you all. Yes. Uh, and listeners, we'll be back uh, tomorrow for minute 94. Bye.